Hello, and welcome to this Unpacked Short. I'm Charlie Pickles. I'm joined, of course, by Peter Franklin. Hi, Charlie. Hello, Peter. And today we are talking about the false promise of the vertical city. So, as is often the case, Peter, with your fantastic unpacks, we do have to start with an explanation. So, what is a vertical city? Basically, it's a very tall building. I'm telling you something a bit more than just, you know, a tall building. (laughs) It's a new way of justifying, you know, sort of building of tower blocks. um, And not just any tower blocks, but, you know, the ones that are, you know, well above, you know, 20 stories. Things like um, the Shard in London. And I guess um, Dubai has now several just remarkable buildings and a lot of them are going you know up in our global cities because when land is scarce if you can't build out you have to build up but there's, a, there's an Im- important reason though why we're not talking about um skyscrapers or tower blocks or whatever but we are talking about vertical cities and and so yes. why is it that we're phrasing it in that way okay well this is a way of you know people say that um you know, skyscrapers are sort of elitists, that they kind of shut out the rest of the world. And so in PR terms, it helps to call these buildings vertical cities, giving giving the idea that actually we're built, literally building community here. And that um, it's not just all one big extended office block for megacorp, it is a um, all sorts of people in together in a sort of community-like space. That's the theory. It was. Um, I went to Dallas uh, in Texas um, just over a year ago, and, and we stayed in an Air, Airbnb, which was in one of these. I think what you what you call a vertical city, and you know, it had a big gym, it had a restaurant, mm. it had kind of a sort of bar, sort of chill out area. It had a roof terrace. You know, it was it was vast, and you probably could have. I mean, other than going out to work, you probably could have just spent your whole life in this building without really venturing outside. Yes, and some of them, of course have residential um, components, um, entire floors, in fact. Um, so yes, you can get um, to, to, you know, in theory at least, that kind of multifunction aspect that you get with a regular city. But, but we don't think it's like a regular city, do we? No, because, you know, the geometry, the geography of, of a uh, vertical city is highly controlled. You know, it all rests upon the elevator, the lift, and control over that lift. Whereas a regular city, it's the network of streets, which unless they're heavily gated, um, is a genuinely public space, an uncontrolled space. People can go here and there. And um, whereas the lift shaft, gives the owner, the operator of the building, control over who can go where. And, you know, one of these, one example um, of how this works is the so-called poor door, which is when you get a residential block uh, where there is affordable housing. The affordable housing is accessible by a sort of different entrance to the you know, luxury housing. And they call this different entrance sort of inconspicuous, less fancy. Also known as just the segregation. Corridor. It's segregation. It literally, well, 
it quite literally physically keeps yeah. people apart. Which if you think yes. of um, it, what we can probably only describe really as a sort of loss of an understanding of different communities and, and kind of people of different socioeconomic um, backgrounds um, is... is particularly problematic and I'm thinking of some of the stuff that's been written the, the great book coming apart which talks about how kind of you know people are living very much in their own communities with with people who are like them and you know this is a kind yes. of almost physical manifestation of how you achieve that, that that level of segregation which you know from a community perspective from a functioning society or social cohesion perspective is is awful yeah absolutely and it's it's almost as if you are creating as we've mentioned these different functional spaces um, but the, the spaces, which unlike a normal building, they don't have an outside. I mean, they literally have an outside. They have, a, they have um, you know, walls, obviously, sort of way up, halfway up, sort of all the way up the, 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 the tower. But what they don't have are the sort of facades, the windows, the kind of accessible exteriors that which we associate with buildings in a regular city. And which facilitate um, contact between different people. Exactly, and you know, the, the, and it's the kind of visual contacts between different buildings and, and different purposes. Whereas within a tower block, it's all anonymous. It's all sterile. Fundamentally sterile. It's fundamentally disconnected. It's actually the precise opposite of what a city should be, and all the interactions that you know cities we first settled in them um, to enable interaction. What these vertical cities do is the exact opposite. Okay, so I think you can tell uh, that we are quite against this idea of vertical cities. They're sterile, they're dead, they're segregated, they're isolating, etc, etc. So what can we do about this? Well, I mean, big part of the problem is that a lot of the older skyscrapers are coming to the end of their lives. They weren't built to last for centuries. And yet, how do you take them down? I mean, above a certain height, it becomes incredibly difficult. And um, the tallest uh, skyscraper ever to be deliberately, um, uh, purposely um, demolished was um, the Singer Building back in 1968. And, you know, demolition experts now have a real problem working out how on earth do we dismantle these things. Well, and that, was, that building was, I think you say, 41 storeys. So if you think of something like the Shard that you mentioned earlier, which is, what, I mean, 80 or something, something like that? Something like that, double? yes. Yes. Um, and the, the technical challenges are enormous. Um, so the, the, there's something very unsustainable about the design. You build something, you don't build it to last, but... You've you also gotten... don't build it to be able to take it down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So are we going to create sort of slums and derelict, vertical derelict cities of the, of the future? Um, you know, there are some methods that are being developed to take down very tall buildings. But, you know, it, it's, it's very much in its infancy and we don't know how affordable this is going to be. Okay, but as a final positive note, Peter, because we do like to leave our listeners with a bit of brightness yes. at the end of an unpack short, um, you do think, though, looking forward to the future, that um, we can still create cities, even where there is limited space, that doesn't necessarily require huge skyscrapers. Yeah, I mean, we can use, you know, actually, 
as, as we should say, declare a partial interest here, is that we used to um, be located in one of these vertical cities, the Shard in London. We were. Um, and we could look out from our, what was it, the 25th floor? And you can look, after, look out over parts of London where actually the space wasn't used that well. And if you develop um, cities to, you know, say four, six, eight stories, and you can build some really lovely buildings um, at, at that height, um, you can actually achieve a pretty good density. Because the thing is, unless you want to be like Singapore and literally build these things right up against each other, uh, tower blocks aren't that good at achieving density, because you have to leave a fair amount of space between them. Otherwise, you create, you know, dark canyons where light doesn't uh, reach the um, street level. So actually, quite often, um, six-storey heights is the most efficient and the most flexible way of building a city. There we go then. See, Peter has the solutions as always. Thank you so much, Peter. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please do subscribe if you haven't already and also check out our other podcasts. We do a weekly podcast um, and we also have our audio documentaries. And we had a fantastic one uh, recently, just a couple of weeks ago, um, looking at uh, forgotten towns and low wage uh, work, which was James Budworth. So I do recommend that. And please tune in next time.